There we go. There's the first track from tonight's uh, featured LP from Randy Brown, and that was his 1978 solo debut solo LP. Welcome to my room with a track called "We've Got Too Much in Common." And on the phone now, I've got Randy Brown live from Memphis, Tennessee. Randy, thanks for uh, joining us. And thank you for. I mean, you know, uh, featuring uh, my music. Uh, hey, I, I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always had a wonderful time in uh, the UK. Uh, each, each time I perform there, so lovely. Well, it, um, I say I've got uh, three of your albums, and there's not a bad track on any of them. They're always very well received whenever I go to um, to venues uh, to uh, yeah to, to discos, if you like, or soul events, should I say? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, welcome to the UK. I mean, tell me how it started for you, Randy. Is it gospel? Is, have you got gospel roots, or um, was it through school? Well, no, it was like a, a talent show oh. at school. That's how I actually got started. And uh, I would perform at different uh, on different talent shows. And, uh, well, first of all, my brother was actually singing, and uh, that's what sparked my interest in the whole situation uh william brown right. he was a member of the original mad lad mm-hmm. and um so i i started uh dibbling and, and dabbling in it you know and uh well people you know saying well hey you, you you do pretty good you know you need to keep on so that's when i started getting uh you know somewhat serious about it lovely and then, and then uh as, as i move on uh, up through uh High school, they had the the big talent shows that were downtown at the auditorium. It was like citywide, <laughs> and I was performing that, and uh, really got the crowds going and everything. And that's when I started really getting serious about it, about recording. Then I wanted to uh, get my own records going and everything. And with my brother, my younger brother Bertram Brown, that sang with Quick. Uh, he um, also uh, wanted to sing, so we actually got together as a group. And uh, producer at uh, Stax uh, heard us and wanted to uh, try to record and get something out. So we auditioned for him, and his name is Alan Jones. He ended up uh, actually uh, producing our material and also the Barcades. All right. He, he was a Barcase, actually, uh, Barcase manager mm-hmm. and producer. And uh, we 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 uh, did some, uh, I think, uh, writing that was with uh, Danny Parker and Betty Crutcher. All right. They, uh, they actually uh, start tutoring us and uh, uh, so-called grooming, I would say, <laughs> to, uh, to um, get us... Uh, uh, record recording, really. I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, and your and brother, uh, your, your brother, and yourself uh, formed half of um, Stack's outfit, the newcomers. Then, yeah, my brother and I were in the same group. Uh, we were with the newcomers, the original members, and so it was uh, Homer Garrett and Carol Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the four that actually started everything out. That was uh, pin the tail on the donkey and. Managed boy. Yeah. So uh, we went in and recorded it, and then uh, 
it was released. Uh, I don't know if it was just Truth label or Vote label. Which track? It, it was what? Which, which track? Open uh, up your heart. Uh, it was Vinnie uh, Tell and the Donkey. Right. And um, we had uh, Drill This Boy Loves You. Mm-hmm. Well, then we had uh, Open Up Your Heart. Yeah. And um, let's see, what else? Uh, it must have been a really exciting time to have been at Stax in sort of like 1969 to sort of 73, 74, because it was really top of its game, wasn't it? Stax as an oh, yeah. outlet for Southern Soul, it, it was up there. It, it was. I mean, they actually broke into the market, which, uh, you know, with the larger acts that they had, uh, you know, Isaac Hayes and Johnny Taylor, mm-hmm. Otis Redding and yeah. Carla Thomas, and uh, so Rufus Thomas. So you had those acts uh, was actually carrying the banner. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we, we kind of eased in there. Uh, hoping to get a break, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like that, and then we were excited. You know, we 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 young guys and everything, and we were just excited to have a, a record on the radio. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, yeah. yeah, something that we didn't even uh, never thought that that would happen, but it did. And you know, we felt good just by that, not not knowing the business part of mm-hmm. it. That um, that was going on. You know, that that takes everything afloat. Uh, keep everything going and uh so you know stacks had run into uh, different difficulties a bit of trouble, and yes yeah changing um ownerships and everything trying to keep it going and uh i, I think at, at some point in time they just couldn't couldn't keep it keep the doors open there yeah i think they got a high turnover of management staff hadn't they and it was just in complete disarray from what i've been reading in the uh, history book so to speak and 1974, yeah. Stax closed, didn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, that's when uh, Stax uh, actually shut the door. Yeah. And to me, it, it, it was it was a short-lived success. But, yeah. but it must I have been a great time that, rubbing shoulders with your boyhood heroes, though. The, the people like Rufus Thomas and Otis Redding and Carla Thomas. And well, oh yeah, I used to see those. Matter of fact, uh, my brother and I—we live right down the street from Stax. Oh, great. So, so we could actually walk, you know, we could walk to the studio mm-hmm. uh, every day. <clears throat> Lovely. And, uh, and, and so... So when Stax closed and you found yourself to be out of work then, you um, you nipped off to New York. You took some material to New York, to mainstream records. Well, uh, I, I started uh, uh, writing with uh, David Witherspoon and uh, Carl Smith, uh, which actually Carl wrote... Uh, um, Frontello Bass Rescue Me. All right. And uh, he wrote, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he wrote Higher and Higher for, oh, for Jackie Wilson. For Jackie Wilson. Wow. And so Carl Smith wanted to actually, after Alan Jones had taken over the bar case, mm-hmm. focused, he focused his attention on on them because their careers were still going. Yeah. And, uh, Carl Smith stepped in and, uh, wanted to, you know, maintain, you know, doing things with the group. And somehow the, our group disbanded and I was uh, with, uh, David Witherspoon, which is a writer. Yeah. 
And so David worked with Eddie Floyd a lot. And so what happened was, uh, anyway, the, the Nine Chains label, it was two attorneys that have, uh, Carl had taken, uh, uh, it ain't like it used to be. Right, that was Nine Chains, wasn't it, that label? Yeah, Nine Chains. Wow. And uh, they liked it and wanted to get this, uh, get everything out. And uh, so uh, Carl actually had taken uh, uh, Fallen Eel, and uh, he had uh, other things going on and, and stuff. And so I, uh, the record was released and uh, had had the problem. These particular guys wanted to to manage and, and everything, and the deal wasn't set right, so we didn't we didn't follow through with that. And that's how I just came actually uh, available. Yeah. But mind you, before I left Stacks, I was uh, uh, I did a few singles with my older brother William Brown that produced. Uh, some songs now that's on that Randy album. Yeah. That fantasy record. Uh, Brought out in 1981. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, we had recorded everything while we were at Stax, and they put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So when Stax actually sold uh, the company to Fantasy or Fantasy Bottom, yeah. well, they bought the Masters also. Uh-huh. So that was unreleased product until when they <clears throat> purchased uh, everything, then they actually went in and remixed it, and they uh, comprised an album out of that. Mm-hmm. And released that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's how that came to be, because that was, like I say, uh, at that time I was <clears throat> actually recording stuff. My brother was the engineer also, William Brown. Right. You know, he did the stuff for Shaft, for Isaac Hayes. Wow. And uh, he really was was into engineering more so than uh, dealing with the mad lads. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, so it was like a little uh, dabbling here and there, you know. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I was bounced around here and there, just uh, trying to navigate my way. Mm-hmm. But well, you ended up at Parachute uh, Records. I want to talk about that in a moment because now I want to go. Okay. On to, I want to go on to the second selection from tonight's uh, featured LP, which is your first release on uh, on Parachute Records. Uh, we had okay. um, too little in common to start off this little chat just before I brought you in, and uh, now this next track is "I Want to Make Love to You." Tell me about that. Do you remember recording? Uh, well, we we recorded A and M Records, A and M Studios that we use. Uh, because Homer and Homer Banks and Carl Hampton mm-hmm. were actually writers for uh, that production company. They had their production company in the A&M building. And uh, so we used A&M Studios to record that. And Carl Hampton, we actually did this whole Welcome to My Room live. We uh, rehearsed all of the, the material. And when we actually went in the studio... We set it up, had the different color lights in the studio and mm-hmm. everything. And we set it up just like a nightclub. And uh, once we record, we started recording. That was it. The, uh, it uh, the mics were turned on and uh, we just started recording. And 
uh, nonstop and just had a good party feel. And the studio, and of course, you know, when they remixed it and everything and had to get all the noise and stuff out of it. But it was, uh, that's how that came about. We had worked it up. that whole, I think it was eight songs. Yeah. How in how long? Oh man, um, I think we recorded "Welcome to My Room." It took about a week. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you must have um, had a vibe going. You must have had a vibe going. Anyway, I want to play this next track, please. I want to make okay. love to you, Randy Brown. Right. Brilliant, and uh, I'll talk to you in just a moment. All right. What a beautiful snuggle track that one is. I love your baby, Randy Brown. Six and a half minutes of fire on lights down, music up high and snuggle. Beautiful. Great track. That's the third selection from tonight's featured LP, which has been your uh, eponymous album, uh, not eponymous, sorry, your debut album, uh, Welcome to My Room, Randy Brown, live on the phone. Great track. There's a single release from the LP then, and uh, well, actually it was the B-side to I'd Rather Hurt Myself Than To Hurt You. That's I'm Always In The Mood, the fourth track from tonight's featured LP from Randy Brown, and welcome to my room. Randy's on the phone with me. Randy, hello. Hello, Eddie. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, for staying on the phone so long. It's usually only a 15-minute interview, but I'm uh, just caught up in the whirlwind, so it's great talking to you. So oh, no, my pleasure. We left off just before the uh, news with you, uh, Stacks had folded and you became a free agent. Um, so how did you end up going across the other side of the States, going across to Los Angeles? How did that happen? Well, Homer and um, Carl, Homer Banks and Carl Hampton actually got a deal with uh, A&M Records as, as a, 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 a production deal. And... They actually uh, wrote for Edwin Starr. Yeah. Well, Edwin, Star, Edwin Starr used to live near us, you know, about fi- uh, 12, 15 miles up the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, In Nottinghamshire. Uh, I think it's show and tell that uh, they, they wrote songs for him. And uh, actually, they uh, Homer Banks and Carl Hampton called me to come out there to try out... Uh, some songs they had written, mm-hmm. which ended up being Welcome to My Room. So they had written these songs, and they was looking for actually somebody to sing them. And uh, that time, um, they flew me out there. I did it, and I ended up staying out there for like six years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean. So how did, how did it compare to Memphis, then? Who, I mean, uh, Los, Los Angeles is a huge place, oh, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a great difference. Difference between night and day. <laughs> it is. Uh, Los Angeles is beautiful. The weather is beautiful year round. I mean, I can go to the beach in the morning, and I can uh, dry off and go up in the mountains in the snow. Wow! Yeah, in the same day. Crikey! And I mean, I think it was uh, like a. A nice 70, 70-ish, some degrees, maybe 75 mm-hmm. degrees every day. Uh, no humidity. Lovely. And you had a breeze 
you know, off the oceans yeah. and everything. Oh man, it's it's nice. And at night it would get cold. You could wear your winter apparel. All right. It's always yeah. winter in England. It's either a big coat or a little coat, but you're still wearing a coat. <laughs> So uh, you, en- you ended up on Parachute Records, which was uh, a subsidiary of Casablanca. Okay, they shop. They were shopping. Welcome to my room. Mm-hmm. Neil Bl- uh, Neil Bogard, which is uh, Humphrey Bogard's nephew, all right, was uh, actually owner of Casablanca Records, and Neil heard uh, uh, the Welcome to My Room album. Yeah, and fell in love with it. Yeah. And that ended up on Parachute. He said, I've never listened to a record over four times. Wow. And he was, at that time, he was, he, uh, he was really stuck on, uh, I love you, baby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said he played it over and over again. I got a chance to meet the man before he passed. Yeah. A great guy. Then Russ Regan was actually over Parachute Records. And they welcomed me in and everything. The problem with Welcome to My Room was that when the album was released, it was released right when disco was really started to boom. Yeah, yeah. Because you got and Donna Summer was, on the Casablanca label and Barry White and people like that, hadn't you? So, um, hmm. Yeah, you got caught up in that. And that's what happened, I think. It was the timing. Yeah. The timing thing. And, and it's amazing uh, they're still playing uh, Welcome to My Room and, uh, across the United States now because I, I, I've i done about five or six concerts in Miami within the last what, two years. Mm, lovely. Lovely. So, well, I mean, it's a great album full of great tracks, so it definitely stands the test of time. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you're not in more demand, to be honest. But, it, again, it must have been exciting at Parachute to be a part of that Casablanca label along with Chocolate City um, and rubbing shoulders with people like Willie Clayton, Seventh Wonder, and Sidney Barnes. I had good good fortune to spend time with Sidney Barnes last year. What a lovely man. Did you ever get to meet mm-hmm. him? Uh, no, oh. no. <laughs> I, I, I met uh, Willie Clayton. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're in Jackson, uh, Mississippi, uh, whatever, that's where Malico Records is. Right. And uh, that's maybe about three hours from here, south of Memphis. But uh-huh. and, uh, those guys were, uh, Willie was, you know, was down there uh, recording and everything. I got a chance to meet him when he came. My brother knew him real well. Right. And that's why I got a chance to actually meet Willie Clayton, and I met his his manager. Though uh, that's a, a singing man, I'm telling you, uh, he's very talented, and uh, he's still performing. But if I can move forward just a little bit, uh-huh. I don't want to get you out of sync of what you're doing. No, but uh, I was uh, presented when Homer Banks and Carl Hampton moved back to Memphis from L.A., they uh, they uh, had a song. Well, Carl Hampton wasn't with the home at the time. They had uh, actually went their separate ways. But Homer started Soundtown Records. Right. And uh, um, he presented me with a song. He said, man, I know this song is a hit. He said, let me play it for you and see if you like it and you go on record it. And it was Taxi. Oh, right, uh, yes. That was... Um... Yeah. 
Frank Dell's... Uh, Jay Blackfoot. Yeah, he did the original. That's right. Yes, you're right. And uh, so he played the song. And I said, well, Homer, I know the song is a hit. I say, mm. you know, uh, but what it's going to do is going to put me in a blues yeah. category. And that's something I don't want to be labeled as a blues artist because all the shows that I'm going to be doing is going to be with the blues act. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, just, I, I just really love the R&B. And... Uh, that's how, and I told him, I said, I know somebody that can sing this song. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, Jay Blackfoot wasn't doing anything. I told him about it. I said, man, they have a song for you. And I think that it'll be a hit on you. Uh, Jay Blackfoot recorded a song and never looked back at mm -hmm. that point as far as that cost. It was a million seller. Yeah, it's a lovely track. So, so I've got it by Frank Dell on his Two Faces of Frank Dell LP. Lovely record. Yeah, I mean... And so it, that's how I kind of stayed out of the blues uh, realm and stuck with the R&B. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, uh, R&B, is it, it's not like it used to be. No. Uh, not today. It's not like no. that. No. They, they, they call it R&B. is something else. I don't know what, what this stuff is. Well, I suppose, I suppose it's evolved, doesn't it? I mean, um, yeah. Don't know. Don't know. I, I, I like the the real songs, and I just like without the blues. Blues just seemed to actually bring me down. And I, I don't know some people. Some people just love it, but I, I mean, I like all music, mm -hmm. but I, I I really prefer the R and B feel. Yeah, yeah, you know, I really do. It's got to be feel good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does. I mean, the the, the chords and the different changes, yeah. and just the music itself. It's nothing down about it and and they had real stories there to tell short stories mm -hmm. uh, and my job was to actually bring them to light yeah you know so that's what my focus was really on to try to bring everything to light to paint the picture lovely, uh, lovely. Uh, well, for as an the artist lyrics. of course <laughs> yeah you know paint the picture for yeah. uh, for the, your audience of course and, of course uh, you create the ambiance uh, don't you you've got to get to transferring a message yeah, and you got what two or three verses to try to do it in. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 it's it's kind of tricky, but and no, I, I really love I really love that. Good. You know? So parachute as a label, then that thought that finished in nineteen seventy nine, and you transferred across to the sister label uh, Chocolate City. Yeah, um, Chocolate City. I'm trying to see where did I have I had um, you had, uh, Midnight Desire LP on there, and your eponymous yeah. LP Randy. Yeah, Midnight Desire. That's uh, my favorite track on there. It's Crazy About Your Baby. All right, lovely. Uh, you know, that's one of my favorite all-time songs. It was, it was just something I, I don't know. I just really again, felt that I really liked it. Again, but, there's, uh, not, there's not a bad track on that LP, and um, but the 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 track that really um, catches people's attention in the uh, in the UK that people go crazy for is things that I could do to you and I want to play that in just a moment okay that was, that's a good one but first can I ask you um <laughs> uh, I mean what where's Randy Brown now you, you uh record you say you, you're doing um uh, some appearances have you got any plans yeah, to come to the UK I, yeah well I do uh, spot dates and mm -hmm. right now um uh, I spoken with you earlier that um um 
Richard Sterling and uh, and Andy. Yeah, Andy Taylor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Were also uh, getting ready to do some things in Spain. Uh-huh. And so they're in the, and they're in the midst of uh, getting all this together. And my thing is that I want to do several dates in the UK yeah. while I'm there. Yeah. You know. So that's what they're working on now. I didn't want to just fly over for one date. Oh, no, of course fly. not. No, no. I, I want to do several dates. You know, I was with uh, the last, oh, it was not the last time, but the first time I was there, I was with uh, Barry Collins. Mm-hmm. And Barry Collins, um, that's when I released... Uh, uh, Are You Lonely? Right. And I recorded Are You Lonely in, um, in the U.K., and uh, Bertram, my brother, and I wrote uh, two more songs, and we had like a 78, uh, uh, like a mini LP album. Oh, right. Yes, I see. And uh, he had three songs on it, and, well, we wrote two of them, and um, Are You Lonely is a cover tune uh-huh. that we did. And uh, we recorded those, and matter of fact, while I was there, they released them on the air, and I got a chance to do them on stage. Lovely. So, yeah, I mean, it was just that quick, and I said, man, you know, I wish everybody would move that fast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, why, why you hold it up, get everything in place, get it out, and, and hey, and, and let it fly. Lovely. Yeah. So, uh, in, in, the, um, in the last few years, is there anything that you've been working on that's perhaps unreleased that we might be able to look forward to? Do you have any bits up your sleeve? Uh, no, the only thing I have was... Uh, now we we got material that we actually working on. Mm-hmm. Bertram and I uh, working on uh, writing material now, uh, and once I can actually settle uh, this project, uh, the Anthony Lockett uh, material, we'll probably more than likely go back into the studio uh, over at Boo Mitchell's, right? Uh, Willie Mitchell Studio. Uh-huh. Well, you know they did. Um, uh, Bruno Mars at the studio. All right, yeah. That's what he recorded. Uh, um, Bonnie Raitt, they, uh, she records over there. But uh, so the studio has new life, and that's where we'll probably be going. Lovely. To when we, uh, you know, get all this together to go there and record the new stuff. Lovely. Really look forward to hearing uh, some new stuff as and when you manage to put it out. And uh, hopefully it'll come out in the UK very soon. Randy, thanks so much for uh, giving us your your time today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Meant to have been 15 minutes, we've been talking for 50. And it's, it's just flown by. So thank you very much. And I'd like to play out with um, that track I was talking about. My favourite track off your uh, Midnight Desire LP, Things That I Can right. Do To You. Thank you, eighty eighty. Thank you. <laughs> You're very, uh, very welcome. It's been all my pleasure. Talk to you again right. very, very soon. I look forward to seeing you also when I get to the UK. Great. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. <laughs>